I am sitting here at the We Don't Know Sports Studios with Mr. Brown, and the NBA Finals are happening in the background as we're kind of paying attention a little bit to the Warriors and Raptors going on right now. But we haven't had a chance to talk about NBA since we've last seen the Eastern Conference Finals. And I know, Mr. Brown, how you feeling about the, the Bucks right now getting bounced? <laughs> Deep sigh. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to think about this. Uh, it's it's like we've seen time and time again, a very young athletic team not being battle-tested once again hit that roadblock like you'd said, and uh, I convinced you to overlook that. I, I was jumped in with you. Uh, so I, it's basically what happened was that the more experienced team ended up winning despite being the underdog, and here we are. We got the Raptors and the Warriors. Now. I mean, they were down 2-0 and then ripped off four straight. I mean, just completely dominated that. And then, like, after they won the two in Toronto, we mentioned, like, can Milwaukee get the momentum back? And they absolutely could not. I was shocked it didn't go seven games. Like, I cannot believe that Toronto won in six games. Like, but I'm I'm hearing comparisons now that Kawhi is, like, getting compared to MJ because of the style of play and that he's, like, one man, like, putting a team on his back and leading them to the finals and – uh, there's been NBA players comparing him to MJ. I mean, he deserves high praise. I don't know if I'll go that far. Just it's crazy. I don't. I don't. I mean, but he, I mean, he is a he is a hell of a defender. He plays both ways. I love his nonchalantness when he's going through these interviews. You can see the Popovich years rub off on him, and that's just kind of how he's wired anyway. But you know, the the thing about the the Raptors was like when you look at him, it's like man, they they shouldn't be here. And is Kawhi that great? I mean, is he is he top five in the NBA? I think he's putting his name out there that he's definitely top five, and you could even maybe go a little higher than that because I mean, we were talking about it time and time again. You had you would talk about the Celtics was like the team on paper heading into the season. Talking about the the people talked about the Bucks, but they're probably like two or three ish, and then you had the. Uh, Sixers, and then they added all that at the trade deadline, and then then you had like the Raptors mixed in, and they came out in that bunch. I mean, the Sixers gave a better series to the Raptors than the Bucks did, and that's insane. I as mean, far as all that dysfunction, because we done we had written them off. We're like, ah, oh, who cares about the Sixers? They'll be lucky to win a game. I mean, we just completely crapped all over them and jumped on the Milwaukee bandwagon. And then after two games, it was looking pretty damn good. And then it just turned out not to be the case. Now, the thing though that I just want to point out. Is I know he had some games where he did pretty good, but Toronto did a phenomenal job defending him. I mean, they just shut him down. He, like, he might have had twenty five points, like in Game Six, for example. But like, do you remember any of them? It was very uneventful. Uh, twenty whatever points he got. It was. It's. He didn't. I guess the fact that they uh, kind of contained everyone else and just, you know, I don't know. He he put up some points, but he wasn't as Typical aggressive self. I mean, they were going to make Middleton beat him, right? Right. I mean, but like Giannis usually imposed his will on other teams, and they they held him in check. I well, mean, he got his stats, but it wasn't like this. Make his real aggressive. But I would see him try to impose his will. Right. Like how many times do you see him crash the lane, and then just the bodies appear, and they're like, no, you know, you can't can't sit here. I mean, it was exactly they they just absolutely would not let him get to the rim, and then if he did go up. He was getting fouled. You know, they, they were going to make him earn it. Right. And, and at times he did okay. But, you know, he, he's got to develop a jump shot. Or I think we've probably seen the pinnacle of what he's able to do. Yeah, if he don't develop any further, getting that uh, mid-range going a little bit better and then behind the arc like the game's transition to. Free throws. I, I feel like he's going to be what he's going to be. I mean, he. I feel like he's got the work ethic to develop and take it a step further. I don't think it's another Ben Simmons type thing. <laughs> no, he's not quite that bad. Uh, I think he could absolutely – I think the sky's the limit for Giannis still. Um, he's at least not afraid to shoot threes. He uh, doesn't make them very often. No, he, he, he tries. Some. But uh, Toronto, man, <laughs> I, I would love to see uh, Kawhi stay, but I know it ain't going to happen. But, I mean, if they're a good team. They're solid. They're, they're like, fundamentally sound, and they – had all them different looks on the Bucks in that series, and that's what I think that's what the difference was on the defensive side. So, so jumping into the series we're in now, you know, game one's playing in the background right now. What's the score? Well, they're showing a replay here, but the last I saw, uh, Toronto was still up by nine midway through the third. Okay, so they got home court. They're playing in Toronto right now. 
It, it was like a rock concert. It was like the Beatles were coming to town. I mean, they had Jurassic Park open up this morning and people were pouring in. These aren't even people that can get to the games. I looked on StubHub. The cheapest ticket was like 600 bucks, and that was like last row at the very top. So, I mean, it, it is it is awesome for the city for, for them to be hosting the NBA Finals. But how do the Raptors match up to the Warriors to you? I don't think very good. I don't think anybody matches up good with the Warriors. I I do like the fact that they do play defense. They're kind of a scrappy bunch, kind of like the Clippers, who gave them a little bit of trouble. Right. Um, so I do like that part of it. I think that Kawhi could absolutely be the best player on the floor on either team in any, any given game. Like I, I can't remember if this was on the show one time we were talking, or if maybe it was off the record. It may not even been with you, but yeah, I was sitting there thinking, like, how great would it be to see a team just invest all in on defense and just try to see how they would compete in today's NBA and see if they could do it. And I'm not saying that's what Toronto is, but they do probably play the best team defense out there. And you know, offensively, they're not completely impotent because you do have a guy like uh, you know. Kawhi and you know Kyle Lowry can do things here or there Abaka can do things here or there Gasol can do I mean they they have pieces but you know the the matchup is incredibly interesting because you know without Durant who's not playing tonight and, and may not play game two may not even play in the series we don't know but the length that Toronto has like if there's anybody that can bother the three-point shooting it's got to be Toronto oh absolutely and who'd you say they was putting on Curry earlier yeah, no, I don't never say it. I don't say it right. Well, you just, you know, Saka. So, and he's got the length of like a seven-footer on him. He's a big dude. And you put him on what, Curry, who's like 6'3"? I, I just, I'm Kendra's still. Kendra's 6'3"? Yeah, maybe, with pumps. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> to me, that's a tough matchup if he can hang with him around them, because it gives him the advantage around them screens, too, with them long arms. I'm not even sure if I heard anything you just said. I'm still, like, just beating myself up because I don't know that guy's name right. Well, just call him Sockham. Sock him. Yeah, because that's what he's doing to Curry. He was in the first half. That's what I saw (laughs) on him. But, you know, I I think uh, Toronto, you know, I I don't think they're going to be hurting that much from having to go uh, a little bit longer in their series. I think the fact that they just came off that series, they're probably fresher. Where The Warriors seem like they haven't played for a week and a half, have they? Yeah, it's been about a week, and they've been good and rested, which you would think would be good for a veteran team, but you always have the fear that they could come out flat. So all that being said – who do you got one in the series? Well, hold on. I, I want to throw one shout out to uh, Nick Nurse, man. That's the coach, right? That's Nick Nurse, yeah. I mean, first year coach, right? It, yeah, they just fired the guy last year because that, he had the best record. And then they didn't do nothing in the playoffs. They lost to LeBron. So his first year on the team as the head coach, not only wins a playoff series, but here he is in the NBA Finals. So, I mean, I like the fact he's mixing and matching you know, with the matchups, playing good defense, mixing that up. So he's in an outstanding job. And they should be proud of that. Right, that is a that is a very honorable shout out to give. Now, is it going to be enough? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> right now the, the Raptors are up by ten. I love the fact that they have home uh, home court, which adds a whole other element to it. Um, with that being said, I'm picking the Warriors in five. In five, correct. So, are they going to win tonight? Are, are we? Are you giving them five because the the game is trending that way? No, I, I actually said it to a guy on my way out of work this evening. He asked me who I had tonight, and I said, I'm picking the war or the, the Raptors to win tonight, and then I'm going to say the Warriors are going to win four in a row. And, and I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I'm I'm taking the Warriors in six. I was going to say maybe six. You know, but but here's the thing, and you can call me a jackass or a dumbass if well, you we want for this. Know you are, well, it, would it completely surprise you if the Raptors won the series? Yes. See, I don't. It wouldn't for me, and I don't know what it is. It's just watching them and the way they play. Like they they are like the the counterculture to the Warriors, and, and I can see them mustering up just a miraculous series. And, and you know they're not going to sweep the Warriors. You know if they win, it's going six or seven easily. But like it, it would probably be considered the biggest upset in NBA Finals history in some time. I would agree. Maybe possibly ever. It'd be argued ever. I mean, probably it's probably up there with Dirk beating the Heat. Yeah, I'd I mean, say it's probably worse than that. It might be because the Warriors are an established dynasty at this oh, point. Oh, absolutely. 
but but at the same time, again, I, I could just see them with their style of play being able to muddle down the Warriors and not let them play the ball that they want to. And what happens if Durant comes back and he can't fit into the offense the right way? They got used to playing without him. Like there's a lot, there's so many uncertainties about this series. I could just see it going so many different ways. But I still think the Warriors are, are the the right pick. You know, until they until they don't get it done, you have to prove me otherwise. Uh, and I, I, I'm going with them, but I'm just going on record saying I would not be shocked if Toronto wins. I know a lot of people were saying Warriors in four. That's all there is to it. Don't worry about it. But I don't know, man. Something about it. And I, and I think my rooting interest is definitely with Toronto. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I would say this, and the, a map I saw um, earlier this week is legit. I, I do love the, the extra nostalgia that we have with Canada versus USA yeah. in the finals. I like that. But I would say it's safe to say that 80% of the U.S. is also rooting for Toronto. They, they probably are. If uh, I had to guess. That, that might be an accurate map if there was one. You could probably put that up and just say that's what it was and everybody would buy it. Right. They pretty much said Warriors are going to be in there before the season started. And here we are fast forwarding. And here we are. And they're the absolute favorites. So it's like we could literally could have sat out the whole season, came back six months. How ago. do you fix that? Or, or, is it, fix or is it just broken until the Warriors get broken up? I mean – it's kind of runs in cycles, man. I mean, like we try they try to say it's a super team, but like we've said, it's a it's a homegrown drafted team with the addition of Durant. So I mean, everyone was drafted except for him. So I think it'll probably fix itself once one of them leaves between him and Clay. Let me ask you this, since we're saying the the Warriors are going to win the series, back back to the the finals here. Who is your finals MVP prediction? Is Boogie Cousins coming out that tunnel? He's eligible to play tonight, and I don't know if he's logged any minutes. I, I, honestly, with Boogie, I think him coming back would hurt the Warriors. I'd be scared to play him. I, I don't think they've got too much momentum and like chemistry going on without him. He never really seemed to fit in anyway. So, in all seriousness, I think if the Warriors win, which they will, it's going to be Curry. So Cousins has logged four minutes tonight. He's oh, he has played. 0 for 2, 2 assists, 2 points. Wow. All right. So yeah, it's got to be Curry. I, I mean, I think Curry is the obvious pick. Like, he he wants it bad too, right? Because, you know, the, the last two, Durant, you know, came in and was able to get it. But I, I'm going to go a, a different route here. Clay? No. Dre, uh, you're going uh, Draymond. I'm going Draymond. Has Draymond Green not been playing the best basketball of his career? Oh, absolutely. That last series was probably his best series ever in the playoffs. Uh, so if you got that guy coming in, and here's the thing, Draymond Green, when so when Kevin Durant's not on the court, Draymond Green is a different guy. He's the facilitator. He does everything. And I, and so right now, you know, they're, they're losing the game, but tonight he's only taken six shots so far. He's He's got 10 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. Now he's got four fouls, so that's right. probably messed him up a little bit. But I think probably already have a triple double. But I think it's between Curry and Draymond. You know, Clay. You never know. Clay could get hot. I, I could buy that too. But I, I think if the Warriors are going to beat the Raptors, Draymond Green might just average almost a triple double. I mean, it's very possible. And if you, I mean, if you average a triple double, like let's say Curry averages twenty eight points in the finals, that's great, right? But what if Draymond averages like seventeen, twelve, and ten? I don't know. Ask Westbrook. Well. <laughs> Westbrook does in the regular season, though. If Westbrook, hey, look, if Westbrook oh. was in the NBA Finals or the playoffs doing that, we'd all be singing oh, his wow. praises. Triple doubles don't matter, apparently, right? I, no, not when you're doing it against the Orlando Magic. No, I hear you. I got you. <laughs> I, I, look, I, Russ is great, but Russ can't win. We've seen I, that. I, got, I, just, I agree with you. If Draymond put up those kind of numbers, he'd right there be absolutely in the running between him and Curry, I think. And I think Clay Thompson's still too upset about not making the uh, NBA All Team, you know. So he he's missing out of that payday, and he's all pissy about yeah, it. Yeah, he wanted to th- act like he didn't care. If you want another ring or this award, I'll take the ring all day, which is the right thing to say. But he wants both. Let's be real. Yeah, I Why mean, what, he? I he's mean, a competitor. Yeah, and he he's a big part of that team. I don't, want both. Don't forget about me. I'm out there scoring points, helping this team win. But all right, so. Warriors in, in five. I say Warriors in six. Any Anything insane outside of what we just talked about you think might come out of the series? Is, is it going to be enough to make Kawhi stay in Toronto? Lord, I hope so. I want this guy to stay in Toronto because they could really build something nice there. And, like, they don't have another superstar there with him. So, yes or no, if they if they lose, does he leave? 
Yes. If they win, does he stay? No. So he's gone no matter what. I think so, but I, maybe he might consider it if they win at all. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I, I'm probably with you. He's gone. I don't think he – he's not a – I mean, it's weird because he seems like they have a personality where he kind of want to be like off to himself. What better like, place? Toronto is the place to do that. Well, I don't know. We probably think that, but if you see how crazy these fans are up there, oh, yeah, and no, I didn't even realize this that I was told, which I don't. You can fact check it or whatever, but I was told that Toronto has more population than New York City. That is a lie. Is it a lie? That is a lie. How much? Uh, I believe Toronto probably has like two, two and a half million people. Okay. New York's like eight. So it's man, but it's that big of a city. But Toronto would be probably top five, definitely top ten in the U.S. That's crazy. But we'll fact check off. off I'm the just area. curious because somebody said that at work, and I was like, that don't seem right. It's a big city. But I mean, so you have so much free space up there to roam. You don't have to stay in Toronto. You can you can go to another province or whatever it's called and hang out there. Well, like, like you put on the page, they're trying to give him uh, Saskatchewan or something. Yeah, give something Kauai like Saskatchewan to stay or Alberta. It was Alberta. Yeah, I don't know what's in Alberta. Is that uh, uh, Calgary? No, that's Edmonton. No idea. But I don't like know. I said, if there's, if there's fishing holes, if he don't want it, give it to me. Mr. Brown will absolutely go up there and you'll never see me again. Well, one of the things that we definitely looked forward to doing when we started this show is definitely be a podcast and be a social media presence for the people. And it's one thing to do it, another thing to actually live it. So we found Jackie from Montana who decided to give it a shot and come on the show today. And she aptly described the town as Podunk, Montana. We're not sure if that's actually the real town, but I'll go with it. But Jackie, how you doing? And welcome to the show. Hey, Chad, I'm doing awesome. How are you guys? You know what? We're living the dream. I'm sitting here with Mr. Brown, and uh, the NBA Finals are on in the background, but uh, life is good. We can't complain. <laughs> Cannot complain. Getting ready to have a really good rainstorm out here. Well, uh, it, and it's is it still daylight in Montana right now? I know it's uh, it's about 945 <laughs> here. We're not so. on the other side of the world, Chad. <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> to get daylight. I'm, hey, I'm trying to get my bearings. <laughs> you know, we don't know sports. Sometimes we don't know geography. I don't know. So, so let, let me, let me ask you this. Tell first, just tell us, uh, tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourself and, uh, kind of what, what life is like in Montana. Um, 50 some year old female been in love with sports since I was able to walk because my grandfather introduced me to football. Uh, as far as life here, it's about working on a house that we bought two years ago and people had not done any work for 12 years. So we are constantly doing work around our five-acre farm. So you're flipping your own house. Uh, well, no, it's it's fixing it to live in it to be here for the next 20 years. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, it was a little so, dated. I have a blue kitchen. Oh, that's all. That's that's right out of the 1970s. Mm, it's blue countertops, blue walls. It's lovely. How about green bathtub? Do you have that? That'd be awesome. Dude, you won't believe this. I had a red toilet. Ah, that's awesome. I, yeah, blue, I have a bathtub. <laughs> we, uh, we had a red toilet. It's the first thing we pulled out of the master bedroom. Oh, uh, you know, you should put that on eBay. I bet there's somebody out there who'd probably give you some sweet lettuce for that. We cracked it pulling it out. We were going to set it out in the yard, and the front yard is a, is a landscape item. <laughs> put but some we flowers cracked in it. it. <laughs> yep. Uh, we have the other one sitting out by the goat shed that we're going to put some flowers in. <laughs> so so in sports is football your main one or i mean what are you attracted to the most uh in order of importance would be football 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 then baseball then basketball then hockey okay fair enough that's probably the majority of most americans out there so i can respect that so more importantly how did you come to find us how did you find we don't know sports i'm sure we probably spammed you with an invite at some point or something but uh what was it that drew you to our page uh, Facebook. I just was cruising along a sports link and found you guys and liked it and started following what you were, you know, throwing out there. And what I find interesting is you guys do stuff that nobody else does. Like you posted recently a baseball rule. You know, what happens when a fly ball goes out and the center field center field juggles it? When can the runner advance? And it was amazing how many people couldn't get that right. Well, I, I didn't get that right. I didn't know because I, I didn't even know where to get this information. And you guys are just throwing it up there. Here you go. It was pretty awesome. 
Well, you know, we try to have fun with it. You know, we, we try to joke with ourselves a little bit, but at the same time, you know, give some sort of value because, you know, at the end of the day, we, we try to share some knowledge, the, the little bit of knowledge that we do have. <laughs> yeah, I get that. We all feel that way sometimes when we're uh, surrounded by statistics. So so who who are the squads that you follow the most? Like, who who are you gravitating towards? And you mentioned football, so let's start there. Who's your, who's your squad? Seattle Seahawks. So is that like a geographic of thing course. just because it's, you know, kind of the Northwest and you're up there? Uh, no, we just moved to Montana two years ago. We moved out of Seattle. Um, so that's been my team for the past 30 years. But I was born and raised in Denver. So my second team are the Broncos, which made for a very interesting Super Bowl. Uh, Mr. Brown's not happy being a Raiders fan about that. Ooh. I'm just letting you know. You know, I, I feel for you, Mr. Brown, with the Gruden era and the whole drama llama shit going on with Derek Carr. I'm sorry. I I thought Derek was the next coming for that franchise, and I thought if they could just figure out and give him a decent coach that he'd be successful, and, and I think they're struggling. I, I'm not sold on Derek Carr at all. I mean, when he first came out, you know, he had that one season where they were all in, and then he got hurt in that uh, – It was he got hurt right before the uh, Texans game, and then they got crushed. Yeah, his back – Lost that first game and they haven't sniffed the playoffs since. But I, I just I'm not sold on him. I wasn't going to be disappointed if we drafted another quarterback this draft, but it didn't happen. I don't know what the hell Gruden and Mayock are doing. I read an article today that we're probably <laughs> we're probably going to have the most dysfunctional uh, roster in the history of the NFL. We just you know we got AB, we Richie got Incognito. We got uh, what's his your buddy from the Bengals, Vontez Perfect. It's going to be the, there. You like, go. It's going to be you know, like he's the WWE. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Think of it this way, Mr. Brown. First round draft pick for 2019, 2020. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I just hope they make AB and Burfitt like bunk together in training camp. It's depressing. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, hard knocks should be there next year. Oh, or, they, I, what is it? They can only do it the first year they move to a new town. Then they have to wait for the year after before they can go in like with a new coach or a new town. So you could go hard knocks in 2021 out of Vegas or the Raiders. Oh, who knows how much dysfunction we'll have oh, by then. God. By then, sky's the limit, you know. <laughs> Let me ask you a Seattle question. So Russell Wilson just got a big contract. Are you a fan of that move or how how you feel? Uh, I think – there's two different theories on Mr. Wilson. Number one, he's an elite quarterback. I agree with that. Number two, nobody deserves that kind of money. I don't care who it is. We as fans are getting priced out of being able to sit in a stadium and enjoy the game with a youngster because people, normal people can't afford to go because we're paying one human that much money. That being said, he brought a Super Bowl to our town for the first time ever. Like he's the greatest thing ever to do that. So are you paying but, for the Super Bowl or are you paying for the future though? Well, that's what I'm, that's my argument. You know, by the time he finishes, he will be, uh, what is it? 13 years into the league by the time he finishes this contract. So do, does he then retire or do we send him out for another couple just to give him the benefit of retiring as a Seahawk because he was there or does he fail his, his physical and not be able to perform? I wish I had a crystal ball. Look, Tom Brady doesn't make the money that he could because he spreads it to the wealth of his surrounding teammates to win. I can't stand Tom Brady. I think he was born with a silver spoon. But Man, if you're going to pay Russell Wilson this type of money, then, and, and he gets the support, he gets the cast members. But I just don't think, I mean, one check for $65 million? Great. You bought your mama a house. Thank you. I mean, I'm going to say this. I absolutely love Russell Wilson. And I have nothing in it. I love Russell Wilson. I think he's a great quarterback. He does more with less than most people in the league. The only issue I have with the contracts, not really about Russell Wilson. It's about that we've seen time and time again now that you can't shell out this type of money to your quarterback and still expect to field a contender for the years to come. You have to have someone like a Brady that will take less to let you build around the pieces around him. So I don't think it's a winning model. I mean, they may prove me wrong, but I think it's hard to well, do once what you show up. What about kind of Matt Stafford? 
Oh, Matt Stafford. Oh my God. What, what about Joe Flacco? Been a real quarterback. Uh, what, what about Joe Flacco? Don't even entertain him, please. De- Derek Carr. Oh my God. No. Flacco got paid off for one <laughs> successful season. He got a hundred million over seven, and he failed for the next six, which is why he's now third string somewhere. Exactly. I mean, your your well, second your second Denver. tier Denver Broncos now. <laughs> yeah, he has to go to Denver to be under John Elway, who has proven he cannot develop a quarterback, and he can't uh, maintain a quarterback no matter how great he was. I've said it time and time again. I think Joe Flacco's agent, you know, he should be in the Hall of Fame just for that deal. <laughs> so, you know, you're you're speaking our language. We have gone on record time and time again talking about how why, why Brady's successful. You exactly mentioned that where he doesn't take as much money. And if you look around the leagues, all those high-paid quarterbacks, they, they might have one or two good years, but once that salary kicks in – Ooh, it gets dicey, and that, that's what I worry about for Russ up there. And, and and if there's anybody that can do more with less, it's definitely him. But man, it's a, you're not going to rebuild the Legion of Boom when you're paying somebody like that. That's what I worry about. Well, and I there's several different ways avenues we can go with this. I mean, I could do this until the cows come home. If mind you, I'm in Kalispell. <laughs> he took he renegotiated his contract to pay Dwayne Brown to come in. He renegotiated his contract to pay Doug Baldwin an extension. He is he greedy? I don't know. He's trying to pay, bring professional baseball to Portland, Oregon. So he needs money to do that. His wife makes more money than he does. That's true. All right. So <laughs> if you are one of the elite few billionaires in the world, don't you think you have enough money to bring a professional sports team in? Oh, wait, he wasn't successful in getting basketball to Seattle because he joined the wrong team. All right, so let, let's get there real quick. But I, I want to point out that I love the idea of Major League Baseball in Portland. I, I think that would be phenomenal. So I, I would love to see that happen. <laughs> Mr. Brown is rubbing his eyes right now like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you really think that the demographic of Portland can support anything more than the Portland Trailblazers? I mean, they they have a lot of homeless people, don't they? <laughs> okay, so the Mariners really suck, guys. You can get into a game for nine bucks. <laughs> uh, so so let's let's talk a little bit about the Seattle NBA thing because we had we had kind of messaged a little bit back and forth on that, you know. So what what's what's going on up there, and and why are they so far away from getting a franchise? And, and, I mean. And does it pain you to see Oklahoma City to this day? I I I will be more than happy to boycott Starbucks and Howard Schultz for president. And any I root for anybody that plays Oklahoma. I root for the other team. That's not a team. That's our Seattle Sonics. And don't think for a minute that you're going to hang up our players up in your rafters. We won that championship here in Seattle. Don't be taking them down there and thinking you're cool. You're not. You stole our team. It was handed to you from Bennett walking in, paying Schultz a bunch of money when he was losing money on the Sonics, and they took our team away. Is there any hope for the for the fans up there in Seattle to get a team back? Mm. Well, you remember the Sacramento thing when we put the bid out, when Ballmer put the bid out to Sacramento to bring the I, team up there? I do. I do remember that. Do you, I can give you two words why I think – three words – why I don't think – they're ever going to happen. It's Seattle city council until they get not political, but until they get their minds away from the money part of it and go to the altruistic idea of having professional basketball team in that town. I don't think anybody can get past that. You had Chris Hansen has a bazillion dollars behind him from the hedge fund management. And you had Russell Wilson join the fracas. He went into the council meeting and presented the plan to give the city Soto arena with no tax dollars committed. And they can't even turn a street into an access point. And then they go to, Oh, Tim Lightwicky walks in with all the background money that he has from the Oakbrook group. And they're groveling over themselves to give him the key arena for a hockey team. Hockey in Seattle. That'd be, that'd be interesting. <laughs> or is it minor league hockey? That's, no, it's major league hockey. It is the expansion team. It is due to start in two years. They have eight choices of names that they've put out to the, to the people. And they had 30,000 season ticket holders sign up within the first day wow. that they put them out there. So, like, full disclosure, we absolutely do not follow hockey very well at all. In fact, uh, we have a, another 
guest that comes on the show to try to educate us a little bit about hockey. So uh, we, we are not aware of any of these developments at all. So <laughs> so we recently put up a, uh, a poll. Uh, re- well, not really a poll. We, we dug up some archived uh, newspaper clippings from the Toronto Star about all the different team names that the Toronto Raptors could have been, such as the Toronto Tarantulas. Or my favorite was the Toronto, and then their fight name would have been the Saurus Rexes. Yeah. Toronto Saurus Rex. You like yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, and the Whiskey Jacks. The Whiskey Jacks. The John Candies. That would have been great. Yeah. Um, how do so, you guys feel about how do you guys feel about a, a team being from Canada in our major league systems? Well, I mean, it's I have no problem with it. I know Mr. Brown opons for the Montreal Expos on a weekly basis. Oh, I, I definitely want the Expos back, but uh, I like it because to me, I think like like the finals, you got the Raptors, you got the Warriors. I think it adds to like kind of the mystique of the finals. Uh, obviously, the Warriors will probably win in five, even though they're losing right now. Or actually, no, they just took the lead, so maybe they'll just sweep them. I don't know. But uh, I like what do you it. Guys, what do you guys think is going to happen? Do you think the Warriors are going to win, or you think the Raptors are going to pull out this magic uh, thing that nobody expects them to do? I think we all pretty much universally uh, agree that the Warriors are going to win. And, and in a segment later in the show, we're probably going to break that down in a little bit more detail. So you'll have to have to listen to that tomorrow. <laughs> you just saw my tweet that the, I think the Warriors were always intended to win this season. I don't even see a replay this season because you knew the Warriors were going to win. Yeah, it was always going to be about them. <laughs> that's kind of uh, how the season started. Then we all got lured into this false sense of uh, – uh, I, I guess uh, not security, but something, some false sense, false sense of, of, hope. of where we thought that maybe someone else was going to rise up. And then when the rockets, uh, burn out like they did, then it just kind of, kind of died for everybody. And we just accept the inevitable. Do you guys think that basketball gets as much hype as football does even since, because, you know, the warriors are just repeat and repeat and repeat just like the Patriots do, right? Like we, they may as well call it the Patriot bowl rather than the Super Bowl. Do you think that the because of the Warriors' success that they that basketball doesn't get as much hype? Because I there's think, not as much to as many stories to talk about? I think it hurts some of the other teams. I, I think it might hurt the NBA overall. But I think at the same time, you know, a lot of people tune in because they do like watching greatness. They do like watching great teams. I think the tipping point though is when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. I think that did turn a lot of people off. But as far as comparing it to the NFL, even with all the stuff with the Patriots, the NFL is such a tightly, you know, fought league. I I think it's still so far and away, uh, you know at least economically better than the NBA is. But, you know, the NBA season is is tough for a lot of people to get into where the NFL, you know, every Sunday you're, you're wanting to watch. And the NBA, I don't, I don't think too many people get excited about a game on December 11th. I would agree with that. I think the same with baseball is, is the lack, for baseball, the lack of drama. There's not anybody really picking up the, the, the baton and being the bad go-to guy. You know, like Dennis Rodman, when he started out being the basketball tattooed, weird, piercing guy, he knew that there was a gap and he tried to parlay that into stardom. So he has a podcast. Did his play reflect his ability? You can listen to his podcast. He just started one. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing that. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So I'm I'm glad you kind of brought up baseball because that's my thing. So I'm going to go there for a second. I, I, I love the intrigue of baseball because... It's not always about the payroll you have. There's no luxury. There's no uh, caps. I mean, there's no salary salary cap. Sorry. So you can spend whatever, as much as you want or as little as you want. But it's been proven that it's it's really about developing your minor leaguers, trading for good talent. The free agent market's now not really the way to go about things. So, like, most teams have a shot. I mean, the the fans can't be like, oh, we're definitely going to get crushed this year. Like, look at the Twins. Everyone thought they were going to have a good team, but (laughs) they got the best record in baseball right up there. So everyone, when spring training hits, has a little glimmer of hope. And I feel like, like you said with the NBA, everyone didn't really – we could just fast forward the whole season, and here we are. Well, you want to know who had hope? The the Mariners. Mariners. They had hope. Yeah, you guys don't. Don't do that to my home team. Look at them. Yeah, Yeah, we got to go Oh, I'm so sad. You know I have a bet. Yeah, what's that? I have a bet that says the Mariners are going to be above. They're going to win more than half their games. And the boyfriend says, eh, 
No, they're going to tank just like they do every year. They're going to start out with this blazing, beautiful season, and then they're going to fall apart, and I'm going to win. So what's the bet? So right now, he's standing there with his hand out, like, okay, I won the bet. I'm like, ah, nah, whoa, mm. season's not over. Hold on now. So so how much is the bet for? It's 100 bucks. Oh. And how and how much did you gloat whenever you were out to that 13-2 to two start? Oh, I was all over that every day. We were watching. We had. I was like, we have to call and get the Major League Baseball channel here in town. We have to watch every single game. We're. I'm going to run stats for you. We're going to be talking about the the Mariners day in day out. And then they started losing. And then I I haven't really watched them since then. <laughs> I, I, I think that's why we can't see the video for her because she's probably sitting there in a a dark corner with her Vogelbach jersey. <laughs> oh, right, Vody, did you see that shot that he took out clear out to the seat in the upper deck? I didn't see it, but he's been killing the ball. Oh, no, they the Mariners took some fun with it, and they wouldn't put a cone and yellow tape around the seat that he pinged off of. It was clear <laughs> up in the upper deck because clearly nobody <laughs> was sitting in it. No, right, no, because it's basically an empty stadium. They called it the Vody seat. So have you been to a Mariners game? Oh, I'm guessing you I'm, have been. Uh, you already know what I'm going to ask. I know where you're going. So how many Mariners games have you been to? Um, a couple years ago, the boyfriend and I went. Uh, we lost. Um, I've been to one other one since then. It's all been at the new stadium. And then the funny part is I have tickets to the Edgar Hall of Fame weekend. Oh, so I'm awesome. flying to grab my daughter and we're going to go watch Edgar be inducted. That's awesome. Well, that's good stuff there. All right, so oh, I'm so excited. I got one question for you about Safeco. I've read about it and I've heard about it. I want to know if you've experienced it yet. Have you tried the grasshoppers there that they sell at the stadium? Hell no. Oh. <laughs> You're not a real and fan. It's not Safeco anymore. It's T-Mobile Park. You must oh, wear pink right. now. Oh, okay. okay T-Mobile Park. Got it. T-Mobile Park. So why not do the uh, grasshoppers? No, That's like a big thing there. No, garlic fries, guys, garlic fries. I'm not eating grasshoppers. Garlic grasshoppers. No, garlic fries. <laughs> I, I hear they sell out like every game. They do. They do. It was crazy when they first brought them out. We were all looking at each other like, what are they doing? I promise you this. If I ever get out there, I'll absolutely eat them and I'll put a video in there. <laughs> okay, I'll watch that one. Yeah. I do want to say one thing. I really appreciate you giving us some time to come on here and get a little bit of insight from uh, Podunkville, Montana, via Seattle. And, uh, you know, I, I truly hope that your Seahawks do well, Russell Wilson. And, you know, I, I'd like to think the Mariners are going to do above 500, but it's 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 not happening, is it? No, absolutely not. So we're sorry about that. You're going to lose 100 bucks. I'm going to have to have a conversation with Mr. Brown there separately, I see, because I still believe in him. I'm just, it's really hard to watch him when they're not winning. Like Vogelbach, legends and, never die. Vogelbach's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the only guy on our team that can hit the ball there. I gotcha. You know, we have some others. It's, 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 it's pitching that is a huge problem there. DePoto cannot find somebody to pitch. All right, Jackie. Well, thanks again for coming on the show, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll uh, talk to you sometime down the road, okay? Appreciate you guys. You have a great night. Thanks, Jackie. All right. See you. Attention all We Don't Know Sports followers. As we approach 10,000 followers on Facebook, we've decided to reward one lucky fan for their loyalty and unbridled dedication. That's right. Ever had dreams of going to the Super Bowl, attending Game 7 of the World Series, or attending the first ever NBA Finals in Canada? Of course you have, but would you like something even better? One lucky fan will receive the Box of Great Significance. What's in the box? Well, it could be anything. Keys to a new Porsche? Unused land from Ted Turner in Montana? Sports memorabilia to build your very own personal man cave? Who knows? It could even be a boat. So pay attention as we cross the threshold of 10K followers. To be eligible, 
All you have to do is share out our page and comment on the post when you see the announcement. Stay tuned for more information as it could happen anytime. Be on the lookout for our post announcing those 10,000 followers and be ready to jump all over this sweet action. Last but not least, time to close the show with our brand new segment, Heels and Faces. So, Mr. Brown, it's just you and me. You want to start off or you want me to go first? I mean, I'll go first. We're going to go faces first. Yeah, let me hear your baby face of the week. Well, you know, I've been on your ass about wrestling lately and how bad the product is in WWE, right? Correct. So, I just won't watch it because I think it's garbage. But... I saw it. I didn't get to watch the whole show, but I saw uh, clips of it online, and I did see some of the um, speaking on the match and the, and the people in it. But my face of the week is Dustin Rhodes after he had his match with uh, Cody, and you know the two brothers went at it. He was a bloody mess. He's like fifty years old. He was probably his best match ever, and the crowd. He won the crowd over him and you know him and Cody. There, they one of the top three matches of the event. Uh, now they got to go in this big tag team match against what the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks. So, uh, like, everyone – he said uh, – Dustin said that, like, 30 superstars from the WWE called or texted him right after this match and was just, just in awe of his performance and was like, you know, we're instant fans of AEW now. So I think that's cool because it does show how much – WWE wasted this guy's talent with that freaking gold dust character. They said every day, first of all, awesome pick, but they, they said every day he would show up to work for WWE and he'd put his paint on and all that stuff. And he would just sit there hoping they would tap him on the shoulder and say, Hey, we're going to use you tonight and nothing. And he's 50 years old in AEW. And I, I would agree with that. Probably the best match of his career. But he always had the charisma. They just didn't know how to use him. I mean, you think about this. This is a guy who was Dusty Rhodes' son. Right. And and when he came up, that's what his gimmick was. He was Dusty Rhodes' son. And it wasn't getting over. So he went away for a while, came back, reinvented himself as gold dust, something that we've never seen before, and got himself over. And he, he played that character great. Didn't have to have a title. Right. You know, sometimes titles right. are what get people over. He got himself over. I mean, But did you see the Crimson Mask? Yeah, it was uh, it was it was insane. He was leaking. It was it was bad, it was, and and the ring was stained, and <laughs> it, it was crazy. And then you had the good ending, you know, between him and Cody, where they embraced each other or whatever. But I mean, to me, it was a great performance. Obviously, he's fifty. I don't know how much further he's planning on going, but maybe one more match, one more <laughs> match, even though. But to me, that was a great swan song for him to wrap up a, a great career. I it, it made me very bitter of how poorly he's been used after seeing what his potential was. And uh, my thing was, I always thought uh, afterwards he probably was like, "Man, I haven't got to bleed in ten years. That was awesome." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure his adrenaline was going for sure. <laughs> All right, so I'll give you my baby face of the week. Uh, I'm I'm going to the NBA, and I'm going with Drake. I know he's the topic of everybody out there, but tell me that this isn't good for the NBA. Tell me that they don't love the buzz that this is create creating. And then if you want to talk about how rappers want to be ballers and ballers want to be rappers, I mean, is this not a perfect world for for that to happen in? And and the fact that you know Toronto is as energized as it is, and he gets to be part of it. And I know people were getting upset that he's crossing the line and things like that. It's nothing that we haven't seen. Spike Lee do before in the past. So I, I, maybe he never, you know, massaged uh, Jeff Van Gundy's shoulders, but you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. The point is, I think it's good for the NBA. It's great for Toronto. It, it's great exposure. And when you have a celebrity that is bought in that much to your team and, and look, there's people who, who don't know that Drake has been a fan of the Raptors this whole time, that he got invested in the team back in 2012. You know, they, they, they're just now seeing this for the first time. Either way, tell me it doesn't shine a beacon or a highlight on the Raptors. I mean, I absolutely love a celebrity super fan, period. Not just for the Raptors, but I think it's good for any NBA team. You got Spike Lee, like you mentioned. You got Jack Nicholson's been the face of the Lakers for so long. Right. I mean, I absolutely love it. Now, like I said on the page, I would absolutely be pissed if he wants to ship 
or ship uh, to another team here in a few years if it's not going his way. But if he absolutely stays driven and being a Toronto fan and sticks with him through thick and thin like he has so far, I'm all about it. I feel like it adds to like the uh, NBA experience, in my opinion, because, you know, I mean, I don't know. He's got a following, so it just adds more to that team. Well, you know he's from Toronto, right? I didn't know that. All right, so that, that's where the, all this comes from. So all that, that doubt you have or worry that he could ship off, to, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, that makes like, sense. I had no idea he was from Toronto. Yeah, man. Canadians can rap. Well, there you go. Just like snow back in the day. And I like it. I mean, it's like kind of like one of their face, you know, faces of the franchise. Like, do you like Mark Cuban? And your face of the week. Do you like Mark Cuban? <laughs> it is my face of the week. <laughs> it's like Mark Cuban, right? Yeah. Like, you watch a Mavs game just to see him go crazy. Oh, absolutely. But and uh, the passion that he has. Right. You, you, you appreciate it. As and a, he's the owner. And how, and people are like, he shouldn't act like that. But as a fellow fan, you know, you appreciate someone with that much enthusiasm for their team, you know, and it, it, that's how we should all be. We sh- it should all make us feel like little kids again and jumping with excitement when you see your team doing something well. Absolutely. All right, so let's end on a terrible note then. Oh, absolutely. Who's your heel of the week? Well, uh, it's not <laughs> – I'm going to go like this. It's a, it's a small, depressing group of people, okay? <laughs> That's my heels of the week. It's a I'm fan a, base? It's a fan base, okay. a small fan base. If you all didn't see it on the page today – Today in 1982, oh. Cal Ripken started his streak, <laughs> and it lasted for 16 years. He went to work every single day and uh, went through 2632, I think was the streak. 2,632 consecutive so, games. Consecutive games. So to me, that's a phenomenal accomplishment. But for whatever reason, you got these negative Nancys online. It's always got something smart ass to say. And they're like, it's a small group, but I'd say, you know. It's somebody I like to, a few of them I like to meet in a dark alley. I, I'd be okay if you wanted to read that comment thread you shared earlier with me. Uh, I don't have time to pull it up, but <laughs> the point the point of the matter is that there was a guy that was like, you know, that's not really that big of a feat. You know, the dude basically just came to work every day for 16 years. Congratulations. So then I'm like, really? You know, as a manager for an unnamed Fortune 500 company. Right. I see the type of work ethic that people have, right? People are running out of their entitlements in the first quarter of the year. It's, it's insane. So you're telling me this guy showed up to work every single day for 16 years straight. He just didn't show up to work every day. He put up all-star numbers. He won Rookie of the Year. He won MVPs. He won a World Series in 83, which we established. But the guy put up numbers. So he just didn't come to work and go through the motions. He wasn't just there breathing. He was being an all-star 19 times consecutively. So to me, it's a testament to his endurance, his work ethic. He's a stud. His durability. You can't tell me like he, how many times he would have played with nagging injuries that so many other superstars would have just sat out and not played that day. And I'm going to take it a step further. They want, there are some other people saying that the last seven years of his streak, he was a, you know, he hurt his a team. A shell of his former he self. He hurt his team more than he helped him. He would have benefited from a day off. And I'm going to say this. Anybody that don't follow baseball or any sport, for that matter, you clearly don't know sports. And, I'm, and I mean, the thing is, the manager is the one who makes the lineup card, not Cal or anybody else. So the manager made the decision that, I want Cal in the game at shortstop or at third at the end of his time because he makes my team better today. So those last seven years, I mean, just OPS, 721, that was the last year. Then it was 733 before that, 807, 745, 823. I mean, those are all-star you know, right. type OPS, especially for an infielder. Batting average, 271, 270, 278, 262, 315. Yeah, he, he just – Sucked. Didn't need to be out there. Absolutely. And you know what's crazy is we put a, a thing on the other day for for Bill Buckner, rest in peace. You right. know, and and I was worried that we'd have some of these knuckleheads out there that would just want to point out the the obvious fluke of his long illustrious career. And fortunately, that didn't happen. Everybody was very respectful of that. But of all people, I'm sitting there thinking, like, who doesn't like Cal Ripken? It blew me away. <laughs> I mean, you can't sit there and kind of right off a, like a, a record like this because for me I put the record of the consecutive game streak in the top three of records I think will never be broke 
it's it's all right. I'm gonna tell you. That. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, can I guess? Is, is one gonna be uh, wins by pitcher? Yes. And, Do you know how many and who it was? Um, no. Cy Young, five eleven. Okay, yeah, that'll, that, that'll never be touched. That's not getting touched anytime soon. Uh, and is no, he, is the other one hitting streak? Uh, I thought about that one, but I'm gonna take it a step further because the way the game has changed, no one will ever touch Ricky Henderson's single stolen base record. Oh no, it's like 132. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I got Cy Young, Ricky Henderson. Then I think third is Kyle Ripken, slightly ahead of the uh, um, was it uh, Dimaggio, right? Yeah, the hitting streak. Was it 56? 56 or 57. So, yeah. 56. So, I mean, to me, right there, Kyle Ripken's streak is right there in the top three of records that will never be broken in Major League Baseball history. So you can't write that off. No, no, so you the, can't. To the fan base that's been jackasses, you are my heels of the week. So I'm going to keep it with baseball. All right. And and I, I agree with your, your heel and your face pick so far. Right. So I don't know if you'll agree with mine or not. But my, my heel of the week... You know, he might be a likable guy, but I'm going with Jackie Bradley Jr. Okay. So, what did he do to you? Well, he didn't do anything to me personally. All right. But do you know what what Jackie Bradley Jr. is uh, leading the majors in? Or maybe not leading, but actually doing the worst uh, of... He he has the worst batting average in Major League Baseball. Oh, he does? Yeah. You didn't know that, did you? I no clue. No. That's, that makes sense why the children are... Starving. They, they are starving. So I'm, I'm going to give you some numbers here. 176 plate appearances. He's got 25 hits. He's batting a whopping 163. He has 51 strikeouts out of those 176 plate appearances. And his OPS is a 520. He's making $8.5 million this year. So for all the crap we gave Chris Bryant earlier, or Chris Davis, I mean, earlier in the year, you know, in 45 games, he's he's made $95,000 per hit, Jackie Bradley Jr. has. So he's my heel of the week for stealing the food out of the mouth of those kids in Boston and for the Red Sox paying him $95,000 this year every time he gets a hit. (laughs) He's very under the radar for me. I would have never known he was performing that badly, as bad as we've ragged on Chris Davis. No, this is. I a guess ga- because he would trickle in a hit here and there, so it wasn't that streak. Yeah, he didn't have the, the the initial streak. But like, I got it. He plays like a almost gold glove center field for the Red Sox. He but does. to me, it's the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, you're telling me you, you can't find champs. another a better option than that. I mean, are are you DHing the pitcher or are you DHing him? It's ridiculous. Like the Braves have NCR, he's go glove center fielder. He's batting two hundred eight, and they're like, "You're not playing." When you come back, you're a fourth outfielder. Like, what's the Mendoza line? Is it two hundred? Like two? Is it just two hundred? Yeah. <laughs> he's one sixty three. That's ridiculous. Like, and this isn't like the first week of the season. You know, this is we're in June almost. I yeah. mean, get it together, man. I, I, the Red Sox are not going to repeat. If he can't hit over 200 at least. You can't continue running him out there if you feel like you're going to catch the Yankees. No. It can't happen. He's going to be a situational player for him. Fourth outfielder, maybe a late-inning pinch runner. I I hope it happens so I can see if the the metrics change to go over 100,000 per hit for him. Yeah, that'd be that, good. That'd be nice. But that's my heel of the week. Because, that's a nice find. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I was just curious. I was looking. I was like, who has the worst batting average that has at least 100 plate appearances? And I saw Jackie Bradley Jr. I was like, did I sort this right? Hmm. I'm sure Red Sox fans are probably like, what do you mean you didn't know? Well, he's batting ninth, obviously. He yeah. has to be. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's terrible. But that's my, my heel of the week. And uh, breaking news, the uh, Raptors. One tonight. And now the sweep starts, like I said. The sweep is on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fixing the goat shed. I want to put Nigerian dwarf goats out there and put, build a parkour course for them and put them on YouTube. <laughs> a parkour wow. course for goats. <laughs> wow, uh-huh. Cool. Uh, that, you know, I don't uh-huh. think uh, that's an untapped market, I believe. See, see, it's like you guys, you're going to throw up your sports channel. I'm going to throw that up and see what happens. Well, you get well, it out there. We'll, we'll put a video up on our page we'll, we'll, with that. We'll definitely rev it out for you. <laughs> Is that a new sport? Could, could that be, be an Olympic sport? Oh, absolutely. Hey, if they have horse racing, why can't they have goat parkour? <laughs>